America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day for NATO and a great day for the opponents of neo-Soviet imperialism. Why? Well, partially because of USAID and partially because of NATO expansion. We'll be talking about that. It's historic and historically important. Uh, not such good news uh, developing in uh, Jerusalem, where there has been some fighting and some violence uh, in the midst of the Ramadan holiday, the holy month for Muslims. And on the very eve of Passover, Passover starts tonight, which is one of the most important of the Jewish holiday calendar dates. And uh, the headline, Israeli police raid Al-Aqsa Mosque, a rockets fired from Gaza. Uh, what is actually going on? We will get to that on the Michael Medved Show. And speaking of rockets being fired and a, an endless confrontation... What about the uh, yesterday's session in New York where President Trump was formally indicted and then President Trump's response? Uh, who won that exchange? Was it Alvin Bragg, the New York prosecutor, or was it Donald J. Trump, the former president, current candidate for president and returned to the White House? Guess what? They didn't both win. Uh, and it is entirely possible, in fact, I think likely they both lost. Why? Uh, we will get to that, but why is it that Democrats do seem to be so determined to see more Trump victories in the primary struggle? Uh, there's also a Trump contender, a, a rival to Donald Trump, who has raised uh, some eyebrows with a big fundraising haul. Who is it? Maybe a little bit of a surprise. We'll talk about that and talk about a new candidate where seven or eight Republican senators have been asking this candidate to jump into the race. Uh, there's also the news from Wisconsin about a judgeship election on the Supreme Court, which has been getting a lot of uh, backing and a lot of enthusiasm from Democrats, but they're not quite as willing to take a look at some other developments in other crucial states that have been very hotly contested recently where actually there is very good news in behalf of Republicans. Uh, so we will get to that as well on the Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. And just minutes ago, uh, Mike Pence has decided against, not decided against running for president. It still looks like he's doing that. He decided against appealing a court order that required him to testify to testify before the grand jury investigating Donald Trump's effort to subvert the 2020 presidential election. This is a grand jury that is working with Jack Smith, the special prosecutor who was specifically and pretty harshly attacked last night by President Trump. Uh, Vice President Pence will not appeal the judge's ruling and will comply with a subpoena as required by law. Spokesman Devin O'Malley, good Irish name, said uh, this afternoon in a statement. So, yes, it does look like uh, Mike Pence, who was one of the central figures, of course, on January 6th, will answer questions uh, on uh, the 
uh, events of January 6th and President Trump's role in them. And meanwhile, thousands of students all across the nation have walked out of class today to demand that more be done by lawmakers to put an end to gun violence on school grounds. And again, do, there's, this goes along with new polling that shows that there has been increased sentiment for harsher gun laws, and the increase has been mostly from Republicans. Maybe a little bit of surprise. Uh, meanwhile, going on in Israel, Reuters is reporting just a couple of hours ago Israeli police uh, raided Jerusalem's Al-Aqsa Mosque before dawn uh, today to try to clear away groups that were barricaded inside, leading to clashes with worshippers and triggering an exchange of cross-border fire with Gaza. The incident came during the Muslim holy month of Ramadan and on the eve of the Jewish Passover, which begins tonight, stoking fears of further violence at the mosque compound, a flashpoint in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. A Palestinian militants fired at least nine rockets from Gaza into Israel, prompting airstrikes from Israel, which hit what it said were weapon production sites for the Islamist group Hamas, which controls the coastal enclave, the uh, Gaza, which is not under any kind of Israeli control, because there are no Israeli police or forces there, and uh, there's only Israeli action there in response to uh, rocket fire or other attacks. So what is this about on Al-Aqsa Mosque? The, the, what it, it clearly is about, and you, you get this as soon as you read the accounts, is the maintenance of the status quo and the maintenance of the status quo on Al-Aqsa Mosque means that on the Temple Mount, on Passover, on Easter, on any non-Muslim holiday, non-Muslims are forbidden from praying. And uh, the idea that this is uh, some kind of attempt to take away the rights of Muslim prayer is exactly the reverse. That's not what is happening here. The uh, Hamas did not claim responsibility for the rocket attacks from Gaza, but said they were a response to the raid on Al-Aqsa, where clashes in 2021 set off a 10-day war with Gaza. Ground-shaking explosions from the Israeli airstrikes rocked Hamas sites in Gaza. Witnesses said Israeli tanks also shelled the Hamas positions. We are not interested in escalation, but we are ready for any scenario, Israeli military spokesman uh, Daniel Hagari said. The Al-Aqsa compound in Jerusalem's old city is Islam's third holiest site, and tens of thousands come to pray there during Ramadan. It is also Judaism's most sacred, sacred site, revered as the Temple Mount, a vestige of the two biblical temples. But Jews and Christians are prohibited from doing any kind of prayer, even bringing along a prayer book when you go up to the Al-Aqsa Mosque, when you go up to the Temple Mount. Prime Minister Netanyahu said the situation had been caused by extremists who barricaded themselves inside the mosque with weapons, stones, and fireworks. 
And the idea of stones is a very serious matter. I've talked to people that, personally who have been impacted by the practice uh, of some of these Palestinian militants of taking these very heavy rocks and then dropping them down on Jewish uh, people who are praying at the one site where Jews are allowed to pray on the Temple Mount, which is at the Western Wall, the old retaining wall that was part of the Second Temple complex. And sometimes people can be very severely injured when they are pelted by rocks, and that's apparently what the people who were barricaded in Al-Aqsa were planning to do on the first day of Passover, which is tomorrow, and during uh, the time when uh, Jewish people would be there praying at the Western Wall. So what is next? Israel is committed to maintaining freedom of worship, said the Prime Minister, free access to all religions and the status quo on the Temple Mount and will not allow violent extremists to change that, he said in a statement. A video circulating on social media showed that fireworks were exploded and set off inside the mosque, this by the militants, by the Palestinians, and uh, police video showed police entering the building while firecrackers exploded in the darkness. More light in the darkness concerning Ukraine and more coming up on the Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. And there were a few surprises, uh, some real surprises on arraignment day yesterday. I mean, one of the surprises was for many people, and I would include myself, how weak and thin the indictment really was. Uh, we were speaking to Andy McCarthy about that, and I think he was surprised too. And then people were surprised at how unfailingly negative President Trump's speech afterward was. That may have uh, contributed to uh, the surprise of the day, which is Thomas Massey, who's gotten a lot of attention. He is a libertarian, a very conservative, uh, very much a classic conservative, and an independent-minded Republican who uh, often has stood with his state's uh, senator, uh, Rand Paul. And Thomas Massey just made an endorsement for president. And my assumption had been that he would be with Trump all the way. He has been a big supporter of President Trump in the past. He is not. He has joined the DeSantis caucus. He is the uh, a second congressional conservative, and both of them very conservative um, members of Congress. Uh, Chip Roy of Texas and uh, Thomas Massey of Kentucky have now both endorsed uh, Ron DeSantis uh, as part of his support group on Capitol Hill. The uh, he's joined, in fact, uh, a press release with a press release from the support of Never Back Down. PAC, that's a, a, a political action committee that uh, works for DeSantis. And uh, what Massey said 
the Kentucky Republican is America needs a leader who is decisive, who respects the Constitution, who understands policy, who puts family first, and leads by inspiring. Uh, significant that he, he doesn't exactly see uh, President uh, Trump as putting forward those examples of leadership. Uh, we'll get to more on this and to the events of yesterday coming up. Concerning uh, what is going on in uh, Jerusalem, there apparently is not anything like open fighting, but the police have uh, arrested a total of 350 people on uh, the Temple Mount because they had apparently barricaded themselves in Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is one of two major mosques that's there on the Temple Mount together with the Dome of the Rock. The film that you often see, the images you see of that beautiful golden dome and the gorgeous uh, Islamic architecture, which really is spectacular, what you see up there usually with the golden uh, dome sort of sparkling in the sun, that's the Dome of the Rock. That's probably where the location of the ancient temples were in Jerusalem. No one knows exactly for sure. But uh, with uh, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, commenting on not allowing extremists to change the status quo, Israeli police said officers entered the compound after what it called masked agitators locked themselves inside the mosque and after attempts to persuade them through dialogue to leave had failed. And the concern here, and again, Reuters doesn't even bring it up, is that with literally thousands of Jewish worshippers uh, sure to be uh, gathering just underneath where Al-Aqsa Mosque is, below that sort of platform, elevated platform, they would almost surely have been the target of rocks and fireworks and other projectiles that can do real damage and injury to people who are gathered there trying to pray. The uh, interesting thing about this story is uh, throughout the uh, Fred, this is Reuters report, throughout the presence of uh, police forces in the compound, stones were thrown and multiple firecrackers were set off inside the mosque by many law-breaking individuals and rioters, the police statement said. Uh, in the past, there have been police officers who have been blinded by some of these fireworks. They are not the kind of fireworks you use for celebration. They're kind of fireworks used to injure people. And they report in, um, in Reuters, under a long-standing, quote, status quo arrangement governing the compound, non-Muslims can visit, but only Muslims are allowed to practice any form of worship. Uh, some Jewish visitors have increasingly tried to pray there despite that arrangement. The uh, Waqf, the Jordanian-appointed Islamic organization that manages the complex on the Temple Mount, described the police actions as a, quote, flagrant assault on the identity of the mosque as a place of worship for Muslims alone. And there you go to the core issue. The United States said that we are alarmed by the violence. Uh, the Arab League, of course, condemned Israel's, quote, extremist approach and said it would hold an emergency meeting on Wednesday. But this is very interesting. 
Uh, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, which now recognizes Israel and has, as part of the Abraham Accords, uh, a, a full mutual recognition, the United Arab Emirates foreign ministry said worshippers, quote, should not barricade themselves inside the mosque, mosque and places of worship with weapons, rocks, and explosives. Well, isn't that encouraging? If you have a devoutly Muslim emirate that makes that statement, they uh, have also asked uh, the United Arab Emirates and China have asked the United Nations Security Council to discuss the situation. Uh, the Palestinian foreign ministry said in a statement, Israel's aggression against the Holy Al-Aqsa Mosque compound is an egregious assault on the basic right of Palestinians to worship freely in their holy site. Yeah, worship, of course. But but not pelt other worshippers for other religious traditions with uh, with rocks or other objects of injury. Meanwhile, speaking of other weapons, the U.S. just unveiled 2.6 billion dollars worth of military assistance that includes three air surveillance radars, anti-tank rockets, and fuel trucks. The Pentagon announced on Wednesday as Ukraine prepares their spring offensive against the invading Russian troops. Uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky yesterday told the U.S. National Governors Association that the United States could protect its values by helping Ukraine. Uh, there was also a uh, comment by a former president, not named Trump, another former president, uh, blaming himself, himself, for the uh, war in Ukraine. Now, who would have said that? We will get to that surprise. We will also be talking about the expansion of NATO with Elizabeth Braw, who is a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, who focuses on defense against emerging national security challenges. We'll be right back. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved show, yesterday was a historic day, not just uh, because of the goings on in New York City and then later in Palm Beach, Florida, Mar-a-Lago. Forget that for a moment. Talk about the great development of Finland uh, joining NATO. Uh, as uh, the New York Times reports, Finland's membership adds one of Western Europe's most potent militaries to the alliance as well as intelligence and border surveillance abilities, U.S. officials say. Finland's artillery forces are the largest and best equipped among uh, Western European nations, with 1,500 artillery, including 700 howitzers, 700 heavy mortars, and two rocket launcher systems. Who knew? Well, I'll tell you, somebody who knew is Elizabeth Braw. She has just uh, written recently i am so in awe of finland ever since the end of the cold war and of course before it has expertly balanced its dual track of russia diplomacy and strong defense 
Uh, Elizabeth, uh, you don't think that the New York Times is exaggerating when they talk about uh, Finland's potency as a military power? They are not exaggerating. I mean, there, there, it has to be said there is a certain amount of Finland worship going on uh, <laughs> among uh, people who have never been to Finland and just like the fact that, uh, that there is a, a small country that is, is good at defending itself. Um, and I think some of them are, are possibly a little bit um, in love with, with the prime minister. But um, Finland has excellent uh, national defense and has had uh, since, uh, since World War II when the, when the Finns very ably defended themselves uh, against the Soviet Union. I think your, your listeners will remember that the Soviets invaded uh, in 1939 and the Finns fought back valiantly. A tiny, well, a small country of three and a half million a poor country that had just gone through a civil war fought back valiantly against uh, the mighty Soviet Union and held and, out. And that was at a time when the Soviet Union was still allied with Nazi Germany. Uh, so that's right. Nineteenth, the December nineteenth, the thirtieth of November nineteen thirty nine, um, and uh, Finland was on its own. Nobody would help it. Uh, Sweden sent uh, allowed volunteers to, to fight uh, alongside the Finns, and, and thousands of Swedes did uh, go to Finland to help the Finns, but uh, no government uh, stood behind Finland, and so they were on their own, and they fought ably, uh, very ably, for 105 days. Uh, and they have continued that tradition ever since of, of very strong defense involving the whole of society, not just the people serving in the armed forces, because we should remember that, that it's not just uh, people in uniforms, everybody can play a role in keeping the country safe. And that's uh, the secret behind Finland's strong defense today, that everybody really, uh, people of all, uh, in all walks of life feel they have a responsibility. And that's why the, the armed forces continue to have such strong support, because almost, well, every man, almost every man has served, and, and every uh, uh, woman has uh, a male relative who has served, and, and uh, many women uh, are involved in, in other auxiliary ways uh, themselves, and some some have served in a, in a voluntary capacity. And um, that's where we are today. So Finland is better prepared to defend itself than virtually any other country uh, in Europe. Uh, and, not and, just and part of that, part of that, uh, Elizabeth Braw, and Elizabeth Braw is a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, as we told you earlier, and she's also a columnist with Foreign Policy magazine. But... Uh, Part of the reason that Finland has gone to such great lengths to build up its military strength and defensive capabilities is it has an 830-mile-long border with Russia. This, uh, this doubles the total NATO border with, uh, with Russia, does it not? Uh, that's right. Uh, NATO now has a very long land border with Russia. In the past, it only had the land border, essentially the land border um, uh, between Estonia and Russia and Latvia and Russia. And there is also the border between Lithuania and Kaliningrad, which is um, which is a Russian exclave. But uh, those are relatively short compared to the Finnish border, which is very long. And uh, so NATO has taken on responsibility now for keeping that border safe, uh, but uh, Finland is is not uh, a sort of a, a, a beggar sort of country. It does come with with uh, its own strong uh, capabilities to defend itself. 
but also uh, capabilities and, and abilities and willingness to help others. And, and uh, frankly, uh, there have been NATO, new NATO member states over the years that, that have essentially joined NATO to, um, to um, put themselves in a position where others will defend them. Finland is, is not that sort of country. It, it, is, uh, it, it is completely committed to defending itself. It just needs a little bit more help from others and is willing to help others as well. And that makes it such an attractive applicant. Whereas some uh, other recent and not so recent uh, members, uh, member states um, have not contributed very much at all to the alliance. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Braugh, what is going on with Hungary? I understand the problem between Sweden, which also wants to join NATO, but Sweden's being blocked right now by Turkey and and by Hungary. What is Hungary's problem with uh, welcoming Sweden, uh, which has a very formidable navy, into NATO? Hungary is essentially uh, trying to spite countries that have that it feels have uh, been arrogant towards it. Now we should remember that the Hungary, like Sweden and Finland, is a member of the European Union, and within the European Union, Hungary has come under a heavy uh, criticism from other EU member states uh, over essentially uh, Pres uh, Prime Minister Orbán's. Uh, policies that, that they see as, as uh, autocratic and, and authoritarian, and, and they often criticize Hungary. Now, uh, they are within their rights to criticize Hungary, but then when you need Hungary for something, it may say, well, <laughs> we are not going to give you what you want, and that's exactly what's, what's happening now. Sweden wants to join NATO, and Hungary says, well, you know, you've been lecturing us over the years. We don't appreciate that, and that's where things stand. I can can we uh, it, uh, continue the conversation for a few minutes more, because there was a stunning uh, revelation uh, from a former president of the United States, who says that he himself is responsible for a terrible mistake, in uh, provoking uh, the ultimate war between Russia and Ukraine. Now, who would say such a thing? It's actually Bill Clinton. And he says that uh, he takes responsibility for, for the war because he contributed to, together with Russian uh, Premier, then Premier Boris Yeltsin, who preceded Putin, in forcing uh, Ukraine to give up its nuclear weapons. What I would like to talk about for just a moment is uh, do you believe that if uh, Ukraine had retained the nuclear weapons that were stationed on its soil that this war would have been avoided uh what is your take elizabeth it could it, uh, it, I, I suppose it's possible that it could have been avoided um but we should remember that the reason that uh, the bill clinton administration and indeed the global community insisted on uh, the, the Soviet successor, non-Russian Soviet successor states handing over um, nu their nuclear weapons to Russia, their Soviet nuclear weapons to Russia, was that it's, the world is dangerous enough 
with five official nuclear weapon states of uh, the U.S., Russia, um, France, U.K., China, and every country that that you add to that list poses a risk. At, at the moment, uh, Russia itself poses a risk. So the thinking was that we need to, we have to uh, limit the number of countries that have nuclear weapons, and and we have five official nuclear weapon states, so five countries, and then we have um, and, Israel, and, and we uh, have India and Pakistan. People, people can catch up with Elizabeth Braw with her most recent columns. They're posted at michaelmedved.com. We'll be right back. The Michael Medved Show. Hey, Michael, great show, guy. I love it. The Michael Medved Show. And on the Michael Medved show, the report from the Daily Mail over in the UK uh, features Bill Clinton, who <laughs> who they describe harshly. The uh, Daily Mail will certainly be a, a right-leaning publication, but they describe Bill Clinton as the disgraced former president whose term in office was marred by a sex scandal with a White House intern, in case anyone has forgotten uh, and uh, the headline is Bill Clinton admits terrible mistake in forcing Ukraine to give up nuclear weapons. I'm to blame for Russia's invasion, Bill Clinton admits, uh, in forcing the Ukraine to give up its nuclear arsenal in 1994. And Clinton says that Putin would not have attacked if the Ukrainians still had nuclear weapons. Uh, the former president suggested Kiev should have kept its atomic deterrent. He was speaking uh, to Irish RTE, which is their leading TV network in Ireland. And uh, he said that uh, Putin had long planned to invade Ukraine. Now, of course, he was involved, President Clinton, with getting rid of the Ukrainian nuclear arsenal uh, before Putin was even in power. It was under Boris Yeltsin, and there's a photograph illustrating this uh, this uh, article showing Bill Clinton with Boris Yeltsin, uh, with then, I believe, the leader of Ukraine was Lusenko at the time, who was there, who had agreed to giving up the weapons. Uh, Clinton also took a swipe at Republicans seeking to end aid to the war-torn country, um, and... He uh, he basically apologized to the world for demanding that Ukraine surrender its uh, atomic arms in a deal with Moscow. This is a rare show of humility, uh, says the Daily Mail, with Clinton admitting Russia's illegal invasion would never have happened if the Ukrainians had been allowed to keep their nuclear deterrent. Uh, the 42nd president of the United States now admits he was wrong to insist that a once again independent Ukraine should surrender its uh, Soviet-era stockpiles. He said, quote, I feel terrible about it because Ukraine is a very important country and I had a personal stake because I got them to agree to give up their nuclear weapons, he told the Irish network RTE. Uh, meanwhile, here in the United States, uh, there has been a great deal of talk about nuclear war in the presidential campaign. 
uh, uh, President Trump, former President Trump, has said repeatedly, and he said last night in his speech responding to his arraignment, that uh, one of the things that he blames on President Biden is bringing the world to the very point of a nuclear exchange with World War III. Uh, we will get to more of that. That was part of Trump's speech from Mar-a-Lago responding to the uh, indictment. And um, the, uh, oh, by the way, there's just this statement <laughs> just released. And the statement appears on Trump-authorized media. It says, statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States of America. And uh, they're, they're now some of the uh, garments that people were wearing, uh, the handful of people who were demonstrating on President Trump's behalf outside the courtroom included uh, Donald J. Trump, 45 and 47, because, of course, the loyalists want him to be the 47th president as well. And... Uh, President Trump says the great patriots in capital letters inside and outside of the courthouse on Tuesday were unbelievably nice. In fact, they couldn't have been nicer. Court attendants, police officers and others were all very professional and represented New York City so well and so with a bunch of O's in it. Thank you to all. He didn't say anything like that about the uh, a judge, Juan um, Mershon, uh, <laughs> in fact, he had very different words for the judge in his speech from last night. But then again, he may have just changed his focus. One of the focuses last night and yesterday was not only on the politics of uh, arraignment, but on the politics uh, of the very crucial election for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And the election in Wisconsin was not close. It was expected to be close, but uh, the liberal candidate, who's endorsed by all the Democratic uh, hierarchy in Wisconsin, the liberal candidate whose name is uh, Circuit Judge uh, Janet Protasiewicz, uh, she won with 56% of the vote to 44% to former Supreme Court Justice and previously defeated, uh, this was for a 10-year term, Dan Kelly uh, lost 56 to 44 uh, percent. The uh, control, the 10-year term for the liberal candidate, Janet Protasiewicz, uh, means that the liberals will take over majority of the court for the first time in 15 years and they should have it according to the schedule for another 10 years. They'll control the court four to three, and uh, this will have a great impact on the state's abortion ban. Uh, uh, Dan Kelly, the defeated candidate, <laughs> was not happy with the outcome, and he couldn't really find it in himself to give a, uh, a gracious a concession speech. Here is... Uh, what the defeated candidates sounded like, audio clip one. I wish that in a circumstance like this, I would be able to concede to a worthy opponent. But I do not have a worthy opponent to which I can concede. This was the most deeply deceitful 
dishonorable, despicable campaign I have ever seen run for the courts. It was truly beneath contempt. It brings me no joy to say this. I wish that in a circumstance like this, I would be able to concede to a worthy opponent. Okay, um, look, uh, the, the truth of the matter is, Kelly deserves some credit because he did speak during the campaign against the politicization of a position on the court. And he refused to uh, take specific positions, which is, is normal. You don't do that if you're running for because you don't prejudge cases that are supposed to be coming before you. The other problem is the uh, Democrats are all celebrating because they see this as a big victory uh, for what people on the left call abortion rights. The, the problem with this, the, the best part of the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe v. Wade was it took power away from the courts because on, on what basis should a, a state uh, or a country de define its medical regulations based on court decisions? And for people who serve 10-year terms and are elected on a partisan basis as these are, rather than relying on state legislatures and, and their authority. By the way, there was a somewhat counterbalancing bit of good news for Republicans in North Carolina, another key swing state that has been very narrowly divided in recent presidential elections. Um, state Representative Tricia Cotham, who's a Democrat, uh, today is switching parties. And that hands Republicans a super majority in the state house and allows the GOP to override uh, Roy Cooper's uh, veto. It's a Democratic governor in North Carolina, and he has been increasingly talked about as an alternative to, uh, to Joe Biden or to Kamala Harris. Uh, Democrats uh, called on Cotham to resign from office citing that she campaigned last year as a Democrat. She doesn't intend to do that. She believes that for the moderate uh, Democratic voters that she represents, that today's Republican Party is a more worthy representative. Speaking of worthy representatives, uh, Nikki Haley has raised more than $11 million in just six weeks after her launch the Republican presidential candidate ended March with $7.8 million on hand, according to her campaign. Surprising a lot of people and getting some important attention. Meanwhile, a leading Republican strategist asked, what does the GOP do to handle an indicted ex-president? Surrender? Hail his potential? Or what direction for this greatest nation on God's green earth?